Welcome to Whitestone Podcast from the Whitestone Forum. This podcast is for business and nonprofit leaders like you and me, specifically designed around building, polishing, and leveraging our competencies. Each episode will provide a lens through which ever-growing citizens of God's kingdom can think about very effectively impacting every one of their organizations. For Whitestone Podcast, I'm Kevin Miller. Rather wistfully, this is the last installment in this series about Daniel. The story of Daniel in the Old Testament is particularly relevant and instructive for us as modern-day Christians. The reason why? Because Daniel's story is much like that of all Christians, in reality and in potential. And that's surely no accident. In this series, we've been looking at the highly instructive commonalities of Daniel's life in God to our lives in Christ, who is the cornerstone of the household of God, as Paul told the Ephesians. Our choice of our cornerstone reality, for better or worse, is what this last episode about Daniel is about. But let's start with a brief recap of each of the first 11 episodes about Daniel. Here they are. Go listen. Daniel was relevant to his time and place. Number two, Daniel was competent. Number three, Daniel was a lifetime ambassador for God. Number four, Daniel revealed his relentlessly faithful dailiness. Number five, Daniel was great at building bankable trust. Number six, Daniel's responses to calamities were fantastic. Number seven, Daniel expertly handled unavoidable enemies and conflicts. Number eight, Daniel steadfastly just trusted God, only God, fearlessly. Number nine, Daniel applied the practice of seek, reveal, speak. Number 10, Daniel superbly surfed the biggest societal and political waves. Number 11, Daniel was an extraordinary link to the future in amazing ways. Now to the 12th relevancy of Daniel, and that's the practice of astutely avoiding flawed cornerstones. That's right, astutely avoiding flawed cornerstones. And if there ever was a person who was in a powerful position multiple times to easily choose a false cornerstone, it would have been Daniel. But Daniel kept turning to the only cornerstone worthy and unshakable, God. And Daniel did that under some of the most difficult life circumstances imaginable. With this focus, let's recall some of Daniel's amazing choices. We'll go through eight events in Daniel's life that show how consistently he avoided flawed cornerstones. First, even though King Nebuchadnezzar was an enemy of Daniel's people and improperly brought vessels from the house of God to his personal treasury, Daniel agreed to serve the king as one of the competent youths selected from the people of Israel. Surely, here, the prophet Jeremiah's longtime warnings to God's people gave Daniel perspective that God's will was actually being done through their enemies. The fall of the northern kingdom about 125 years earlier 
coupled with the powerful words delivered by the prophets and the fall of the southern kingdom, helped Daniel navigate a rude reality. God's people were the source of this problem, and Daniel was participating in God's will, however unpleasant that might be. Second, that didn't mean that Daniel should defile himself with improper actions expected by the king. With God giving Daniel favor and compassion in the sight of the king's chief of the eunuchs, Daniel negotiated a test of a different food menu, and the results were in Daniel's favor. Defiling was avoided. Third, God gave Daniel and the Hebrew youths learning and wisdom. And Daniel, quote, had understanding in all visions and dreams, unquote. This is shocking. Daniel had been stripped of his nation, his homeland, his temple, his plans, his freedom, apparently even normal family involvement. But God was still his cornerstone. And Daniel received three key necessities from God, learning, wisdom, prophetic understanding. This parallels the Holy Spirit in John 14, who, as promised, teaches us all things, regardless of circumstances. Fourth, in the matter of the dream of King Nebuchadnezzar, the king decreed his dream must be interpreted or all the wise men would be destroyed. Daniel joined with his companions, seeking the mercy of God, and God gave Daniel a specific revelation. Daniel did not attempt to manipulate the king or the politics of the moment. Instead, he sought his cornerstone, God. You see, King Neb had the power, but not the spiritual knowledge. Daniel did not seek the king's approval. Instead, Daniel gave God's revelation to the king. And so, King Neb... The pagan king then rightly fell upon his face and paid homage to Daniel. Fifth, Daniel was called upon by King Neb to interpret another dream, with the king actually appealing to Daniel on the basis that, quote, the spirit of the holy gods is in you, unquote. Daniel 4.18. Once again, Daniel gave the interpretation faithfully even though it was ugly and ominous for the king. You see, the king's ego was out of control, and God dealt with it, and God did so in direct context of his fresh revelation to Daniel. Get the pattern here? Daniel turns to God as his cornerstone every time for deliverance, help, revelation, and favor. Then God honors his revelations to Daniel, with actual events of complete confirmation. Sixth, a different king, Belshazzar, sees a hand literally writing on the wall. Once again, Daniel is called. Think of it. Pagan kings are happily dependent upon Daniel and his cornerstone, God, for illumination. But here's the amazing thing. For yet another time, Daniel's actions are not about toadying to the most powerful person in a nation. Daniel does not ever seek after a flawed cornerstone. Instead, Daniel returns to his cornerstone, 
God for understanding, power, and ultimately unsought personal promotion. Seventh, yet another king, Darius, made plans to set Daniel over his entire kingdom. So Daniel's enemies duped King Darius into creating a new law created solely to trap Daniel for his prayers to his God instead of Darius. What did Daniel do? Go appeal personally to King Darius as Daniel's cornerstone, his deliverance? No. Try to get this new law repealed through political means? No. Stop praying to God as a sign Daniel would compromise his connection to his cornerstone God? No. Did Daniel appeal to a lighter punishment than the lion's den once he was found guilty of praying to God? No. Daniel simply relied on his cornerstone, God. Come now, this is crazy good. Daniel, the most powerful man under the king, did not appeal to any flawed cornerstones. He didn't revert to the mercy of the king or manipulative politics or the rigid law of the land or self-righteousness or even rightful condemnation of his political enemies. In fact, when King Darius fully understood all that had happened, he said, and I'm quoting, may your God whom you serve continually deliver you, unquote. That's Daniel 6.16. Wow, that was the pagan king exhorting Daniel to appeal to God, the true cornerstone. And of course, Daniel was spared by the hand of God. And justice was then indeed done with regard to Daniel's enemies. Then, in a public decree, Darius exalted Daniel's cornerstone, God. Eighth, the remainder of stories in Daniel recount Daniel's key visions and revelations from God, narratives of great relevance to both world history and the doings of the kingdom of God, relevant to the past, present, and future of every person and era. These are astounding core revelations of dramatic import for all eternity, received from the cornerstone, God. Although, we might add, those did not presumptively come easy. The prince of the kingdom of Persia fought the revelation to Daniel in chapter 10. But as Daniel was told, and I'm quoting, Fear not, Daniel. For from the first day that you set your heart to understand and humbled yourself before your God, your words have been heard, and I have come because of your words, unquote. This is it. One of the most powerful men in the entire history of the Middle East, Daniel, served extremely well while astutely avoiding flawed cornerstones, like kings or nations or politics or laws or his people or his family or pining after a bygone era of temple sacrifice. That is a badly needed lesson for Christians, not only avoiding such flawed cornerstones, but also avoiding a mixing of man's pretensions with God. Every institution Every pretender short of Jesus himself is shakable as a cornerstone. Quote, put not your trust in princes, unquote. Psalm 146, 3. 
like Daniel, we must not make idols of seemingly good, but essentially flawed institutions. We simply must seek Jesus alone, the cornerstone of the household of God, unfailing. Thank you for listening to Whitestone Podcast. Visit our website, whitestone.org, for more real-world equipping. There you'll find uncommon video teachings, application and action questions for this podcast episode, and more. Also, check out our unique downloadable resources for group meetups. That's whitestone.org. I'm Kevin Miller.